This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth 2, Stealth 2 Plus, and Stealth 2 HD Carbon Woods. Designed with more carbon for more forgiveness. Learn more at TaylorMadeGolf.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Well, good morning, Canada. Welcome inside another Wednesday edition of Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. Mark Sacchino will be by in an hour or two. Mark is currently heading back to what appears to be his home away from home now. He's in Florida. <laughs> I, I believe, I think he's actually landed by now. And uh, Mark will be in Florida for PGA Tour Live this week for the RBC Heritage. Uh, but Bob, uh, welcome home to uh, after a very busy yeah, week at the National. Have you? Have it you was thought a. Out? Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You didn't. Wouldn't think you'd be uh, having to thaw out coming back north, but it was a. Uh, it was all four weather seasons all in one week, but it was a good good week. Interesting week. Always lots of stuff going on at the masters and uh it's the i'd say it's probably next to the rbc canadian open my favorite week of the year and um i think for a lot of people it may not have had quite the excitement down the stretch that we've been accustomed to but still popular winner and um and uh, some uh some good golf played in some difficult conditions totally and we're gonna talk a little about the masters in this opening segment because we only had you on for probably eight or nine minutes on monday for our recap special so i want to dive deep into, into some other topics uh, about the masters we're also later in the show going to hear from mike fox from TaylorMade about the TaylorMade golf ball my symbol lots of customization option options you can now go online and do with logos and numbers and colors the work so we'll talk all about that we'll discuss brooke henderson back playing golf tonight where the LPGA's Lotte Championship gets underway from Hawaii with the time change, of course. And as we always do for our Wednesday show, we'll take a look at the TSN Edge angle for the RBC Heritage, the odds, favorites, dark horses, and our golf analyst Kristen Murphy will also be by an hour or two to discuss that and much more. Before we get to it, let's hit some news and headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger, everybody knows one. So, Bob, you land in Augusta National last Saturday. It probably feels closer to summer. You know, you spend eight hours on a TV set on Saturday. It feels like winter. And now you're back in Toronto, and the high is 26 degrees today, and public golf courses are open. How about that? It's great. I mean, it really feels like golf season is here and has arrived. It's usually, it's pretty much always what happens around a Masters. Usually there's a couple days either side, this side. I know the City of Toronto Public Golf Course has opened up last week, uh, Masters week. And uh, I just got a note that my golf course is opening up next Wednesday. So oh. there's, <laughs> so there's, uh, there's lots of, uh, and that's, I think that's pretty much, there, there's a gentleman at, at my club who, who uh, has put something up in the locker room. It's sort of a, running chart of all the opening days over the years and it's amazing how we sit here and we try to figure out when it's going to be and it's almost always within about four or five days every year now a couple times it's been early and a couple times it's been late but almost always it's around the 20th of april so uh we're pretty close bang on that and i think most of the other clubs around the city that i've been in touch with a couple of them reached out to me and uh they're opening up either this weekend or early next week so it's golf season everybody get out there 
Okay. And now I, I know you're not a, a superintendent, so I, I might put you on the spot with this question, but with the, <laughs> the temperatures where, where they are right now and where they're going to be and project to be for the next three, four, five days in the you know mid-20s into the low-20s, late-teens sort of thing, and then next week it's going to drop. But the the lows seem to there's one sunday it's or this coming sunday the low seems to be around minus one but everywhere else it seems to be in like that three four five celsius so i I wonder bob and i don't know the answer to this how the temperatures being this hot this early in the season and then dropping right away before any play on the courses on the grass do do you know if that will impact anything negatively (laughs) i think i think the as long as the lows are above freezing, I think that's a good sign. I think then things sort of stay allowing the, the, the grass to grow. And I always think that in a lot of cases, the courses that can afford to open a little later, um, so to give the chance, give the grass a chance to kind of get its feet wet and uh, dig deep and get those uh, those roots solidified. I know if you're a public golf course, you need the, the money in the door. You don't have memberships to, to sort of back on. So I think, um, but I think once you get warm, uh, and it stays above freezing. It doesn't matter if it's 10 degrees or 28 degrees. It's all pretty much uh, beneficial to uh, the golf season. Well, That's just me, the court. non-superintendent speaking too. So you can predict, contradict me, superintendents. Reach out, no problem. Yeah, that you know that might be actually kind of fascinating to have one on next week. I'll do, I'll do some uh, I'll do some research and do some digging and, and find someone. But uh, you mentioned your golf course opening next Wednesday. No official word. I haven't checked my email in the last five minutes. Not that I check it regularly to see when golf courses <laughs> open, but I do have a tee time at Dentonia this Saturday to dial in the old uh, nice. the wedge game, the short irons. And you know me, Bob. Whenever I can wear shorts, I mean I'm no TSN producer Jamie Rydell who had shorts on in that six degree monsoon celsius uh on saturday at augusta national but it for me you know 16 degrees some sunshine you you better believe that the quads will be showing uh for at dentonia looking forward to getting out and playing and i think dentonia has a little bit of construction going on so i think it might be reduced to 15 holes i'll check on that but i'm pretty sure that's the case right now but 15 holes is 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 fine that's just if you're playing golf it doesn't really matter what you're doing but the reason the, the other the, the reason that Jamie Ryle was wearing shorts in that uh, freezing cold weather was because he didn't have anything else. That's all he brought was shorts. So okay. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Well, I, I briefly chatted with I ran to James Duffy last night and and he was just talking about how cold you guys were and you know all of us on you know TV watching all of our Masters pregame the network coverage post game the works generally speaking people here are comfortably on their couches or at at Easter Sunday part, you know, sort of family gatherings, that sort of thing. But just t- how cold, how cold was it? Like, can you recall being colder on a golf course? Um, it was uh, at three degrees on Sunday morning, <laughs> Saturday, Saturday, it never got to 10. Oh. And I, I really felt sorry for the guys out playing. I mean, we were sitting and James Duthie is one to talk because we stole some blankets from the house we're staying at and put those over our uh, he exposed that. Graham Dillette, um, but, but every one of us is wearing those those blankets as well as a few layers. I don't recall it ever being, I, I've been there when it's been cold, and I have a couple of toques with Masters logos on it that we had to buy because it was so cold, and I've been there when it's been rainy, but I've never been there when it's been the combination of the two, like like it was this time around, and it was just miserable. I mean, it it was not even a good day if it was the Open Championship. That's how That's how crummy it was out there. And I, I give full credit to the players for battling through 
a lot of it. And for John Rahm, who played through the worst of the uh, of the draw, the early late kind of thing, there isn't really an early late at the Masters, but there is an earlier and a later, I guess. So uh, I give him credit for battling through the worst of the weather and coming out on top. Yeah, and so many storylines from Augusta National. And we spent a lot of our preview shows talking about Liv versus PGA Tour. And it seemed like Tiger Woods was like fifth on the storyline list. And, and, that, and that really showed in terms of people's interest because the ratings were up 19% from 2022. So way more people were watching and, and tuning in. And any particular reason, Bob, do you think it's the Live PGA Tour? Do you think it's because it was on Easter Sunday? Do you think it's because there were 30 holes to be played on that Sunday's final round? Uh, I think probably all of the above. There's no real magic reason why it happens, but I think people wanted to see what was going to happen with Live and with PGA Tour. It's turned out to be really... A, the only reason it was a story was because it was a non-story, to be perfectly honest with you. The, you know, it was like they weren't quite skipping down the first hole holding hands and singing Kumbaya, but... But they, everybody got along and they were all happy, it seemed like. And, and you know, there was a couple of, uh, of little dodges here and there on social media. But um, I think people just wanted to see some golf. And, and I, think, I think in some ways uh, they wanted to see what the live players were going to do. And I think on the other side, I think the elevated or designated tournaments have kind of created an atmosphere of bringing the top players together. And that was almost a continuation. If you look at the ratings for Phoenix... Uh, Arnold Palmer, some of those, you know, I think I think we were we're sort of getting uh, spoiled a little bit by these tournaments. So great to see, though. Great to see that there's a lot of uh, interest in the uh, in the Masters. And you mentioned designated event, of course, this week at the RBC Heritage, another designated event, which we'll get to here uh, during our next segment. But, you know, a a lot of the storylines from a live perspective heading into the Masters was which guy was going to be on top. Was there going to be someone in the mix? You think 18 players started the week. Uh, Someone was going to get in the mix at some point. Of course, Kevin Na only lasted nine holes due to illness. And Mike Weir had to play a lot of his first two rounds with a marker and or alone. But did you have Phil Mickelson on your bingo card for tie for low live player at the start of the week? (laughs) Not a chance. And, you know, that was probably one of the most stunning parts of of the week um, because he really has not played by his own admission. He's not scored very well he was saying afterwards that he had been playing well away from the tournament course so on his home courses and um, been putting up some good numbers and he he purposely said the, the line from his press conference that stood out for me was he said I don't think this is a fluke like he's he really feels like he's playing well and 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 it was deserving of that number that he put up on the scoreboard uh, but again again part of that goes to show you how much he knows that golf course how much he can get it around there he knows where the breaks are. He knows where not to miss and, and where to miss. So I think, I think there's a lot of that in there as well. We always talk about younger players having to learn the course well. I mean, he's, he's got the encyclopedia on it. So part of it is that. But obviously, uh, that was a surprise for sure. And it's interesting, too. I mean, obviously, he's played the tournament so many times, and now he is the all-time winning money uh, winner at uh, Augusta National at the Masters in his career, but just the way he's done it. I mean, Phil, Phil being Phil, you know, he's won the Masters with two drivers. He was playing with an arm lock putter. He was playing down 30 pounds. And now, you know what? I, I, I was saying this yesterday, and Phil, you know, we, we didn't, Phil's done a lot of strange things and sure, the sunglasses and the rain, which is another topic in, in itself, but it seemed like the, the patrons were, were warming up to him more. It's not like it was when he was winning you know, three masters in seven years back from 04 to 2010. 
but you know he was giving the thumbs up again and people were it, they seemed to be rooting him on did you find that it was more of a muted reaction and it sort of grew in terms of positivity as the week went on i think it grew because of how well he was playing and i think people were um seriously sort of interested in in whether this old man could win the masters and i think that's the storyline that kind of carried him forward he had a kind of a strange week if you if you look and read between all the lines and all the scenarios where we saw him you know the reports that he was sort of sat by himself at the champions dinner and didn't really say much if you listen to his press conferences there was a couple that i was at where he just he was talking about uh boy i'm just very grateful to be here it's wonderful for the way they put this tournament on there was no not a breath of um antagonism or anything about us versus them or even taking any shots at anybody or anything that even some of the sly uh, remarks he used to make, he used to try and slip these remarks in and stuff over the years. But it was all very, very uh, neutered, I guess is the best way to say it. And I, um, I don't know how, how it plays out that way, other than to say that I think he was just really kind of trying to watch what he was doing, what he was saying. And, and maybe this is sort of his attempt to climb back from a couple of years of just some horrible, horrible situations where he's put himself in. Now, Phil did decline to have a pre-tournament official press conference in the media center, but he did go to the media center after his final round. And one thing that I did notice that was very weird was that Phil kept his hat on during that post-round press conference inside where it seems like every other player had has their hat off. It seems like you know it's it's a it's respectful to take your hat off, especially in that room. You know, even Tiger has his hat off. Rory has his hat off. Every player who went through Brooks Kepka had his hat off moments before. It's it's a little thing, Bob, but I don't. I'm not sure if he's trying to show the High Flyers logo off a little more, but that that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I mean, sure that might be sort of hooty snooty golf in me, but I don't know. That just that seems kind of weird. Maybe he's losing his feathers. I don't know. Maybe he didn't want to see the, the thinning of the, of, the, of the head. Maybe. I don't know. It was, uh, it was, I didn't even think about that. But I like the idea of probably showing off the logos, the live logos. That might be the other one. Um, he's contemplating interesting, the salad by the way, that, that Brooks... Yeah, maybe. Maybe he wouldn't be the first guy on the PGA Tour for a little, uh, little popping in there, a little Rogaine maybe. We'll see. <laughs> Uh, but Phil Mickelson, a, a wild week. And uh, before we move on here and segue, uh, Phil also had some interesting comments. You know, he, he was, you know, you mentioned how he could sort of throw some little needles in there. Uh, he was asked about the 13th hole after the final round about how it played. And he said, I, I believe it played the way they intended it to play. And then he, he was pressed on a little more. And then he said the same thing. And he said, well, they sort of took away the risk reward, but they, I think they played it the way that it was meant to be, it was intended the way they, they wanted it to be played. I know on uh, Golf Talk Canada television, spoiler alert, that's coming out uh, in a couple hours now, that you really liked the changes and the way they played on the 13th hole. Why? Um, I think it brought a lot more decision-making into the process. And I think that from the first tee and from the second shot, you could try and hit it as hard as you can down there with a driver and still probably have, you know, a five or six iron from a hanging lie um, ball above your feet for a right-hander. And, and that's not necessarily an easy shot. You know, you got to try and cut it 
against that that hillside. So it's it's a tougher shot for the second one, first of all. But I think there's a lot of players who laid up um, with the intent that that would be the best strategy to try and make it work. So you can actually lay up and um, and have an easier chance to try and make birdie. Now it went from the easiest hole on the golf course to the 15th in ranking. So it still didn't, it still wasn't a hard hole, but it was the toughest of the par fives for a change, which it never used to be. It used to be just basically, there was no, unless you missed it into the trees or into the bushes or whatever, it, you, it, there was no such thing as a layup on that hole. Now there is a decision to be made. Now there is, if you can try and shape your shot from right to left, you might get around the corner a little bit. You might get it down somewhere in a flatter area. Um, but I, I like the idea because it just put, it forced players to think about it a little bit more right from the tee. Some players just hit three wood out there to try and get a little turn around it because it's tough to turn a driver. But um, in all cases, I think that uh, if you add up the numbers of eagles, birdies, and all that, it, it almost was the, was the same as last year, except that there were a, a, a few more pars in the middle of it, of it all. So I think it's I think it was a great move. I just wish I said this on TV as well. I think if you would extend the tee a little bit more, more, make it longer, so maybe on Sunday you can move the tee up to the front where it's playing 5-10 like it used to, and you can kind of really make it a, 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 a challenging, not a challenging, make it a real birdie hole or eagle, eagle hole possibly as well. And obviously we'll have to hope that next year at the Masters it's warmer and more like a typical uh, day in Georgia or like it is right now, right here in the GTA up to 25, 26 degrees. Uh, on the other side, we're going to discuss Brooke Henderson, who was back in action this week at the Lotte Championship on the LPGA Tour as the LPGA Tour's season is really ramping up coming up here. And as well, some breaking news from the PGA Tour in terms of schedule here going forward. All that and more coming up next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth 2, Stealth 2 Plus, and Stealth 2 HD Carbon Woods. Designed with more carbon for more forgiveness. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by JPSM Golf. Offering Canada's largest selection of electric golf trolleys. Good for your score good for your health. Visit jpsmgolf.com to find a trolley that fits your game. JPSM Golf, Canada's premier electric golf trolley specialist. Just got a text from a listener and viewer, Bob, asking how I can be in two places at once because, as this viewer said, they were currently watching me on SportsCenter and they're wondering mm -hmm. how I can currently be here. And I said, magic. It's magic. It's two places at once, right? Right? Yes. You have to do that when you're in television these days because there's, uh, there's a lot of demand for Adam Scully. So I think that, uh, you know, not only are you here on the radio and on the television, I think that you should probably be on the internet too somewhere because just to round out our offerings from TSN. So maybe you could do something mm -hmm. with that. And, and um, you know, like you have a pretty light workload, I know. And like you don't, you don't really need to sleep, do you? No, no. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, maybe on TikTok or something, what the kids are doing now. But uh, we've got the Adidas bucket hat on. And, <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, but no, yeah, but fun to be back hosting SportsCenter last night with uh, our good buddy Mark Rowe, or as the old dog calls him, Death Row. Nice to spend some time with Mark. Death Row. Very busy night in the world. Yes, Death Row. What a beauty. Okay. How about how, on the LPG? How about, I think... What? 
I was just going to say, sorry, before you go in there, because I know you did the highlights last night. I, I mean, I think the biggest news story last night was that Luke Shen came within an assist of getting the Gordie Howe hat trick. He had the goal in and the, the first fight. Period. Just missed that assist. <laughs> yeah. 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 And you know what, Bob? And there was a time, too, when, and I mentioned this uh, on the show on SportsCenter, when Mark Masters tweeted out the video of two unknown goalies at Leafs Morning Skate, my phone was on loud. I was ready to jump on a PJ and go to Tampa <laughs> and be ready to play. You tell them, be, you know what, guys? I, you know, I was drafted in the OHL 15 years ago. I made my triumphant return to the ice. I gave up a nine spot in men's league, like C-level hockey. But, hey, if you need someone, I'm pretty sure my goalie equipment's too illegally big now. But, anyway, just if you need someone, I'll be ready. But uh, that call never came. Regardless. No, that would have uh, yeah, been a good time to be four places at once. That would have now that would have been something doing a show from the from the Leafs dressing room. Anyway, getting back to uh, golf and the show Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks, uh, Brooke Henderson, Brooke Henderson back in action this week on the LPGA Tour. First round coverage gets underway tonight, given it is in Hawaii, and for Brooke Henderson, obviously her year got off to this unbelievable start, winning in her first appearance with this brand new set of tailor-made gear that she only had for a very short amount of time. And then three starts afterwards that, you know, she just didn't play well. And she's not going to play well every week. She's not a robot. But given now that we have the Lotte Championship and then a slew of major championships coming shortly after, what are your expectations now for Brooke as the meat of the LPGA Tour season is here? Uh, well, I sort of, I sort of, I'm not really worried at this point about the past performances, the last three events. She had two in the top 30 and one missed cut. The missed cut's always a little bit shocking, I know, because she rarely misses cuts. And to have sort of three events in a row where she hasn't played there, played all that well. Um, but I think this next stretch now is when we start to sort of see what really Brooke is, is, is got going with the game. I think she may have been, she has never done hugely well over on the Asian swing, which two of those tournaments were at. Um, she did take last week off, which was a tournament, was it last week, two weeks ago off, which was a tournament she had won before in LA, which is a little unusual, but I checked with her agent. He said, no, this is just part of the schedule. This is just what she wanted to do. So I think she might be this year sort of realizing that maybe less is a little bit more. Maybe she needs to rest a little bit more in between tournaments, not play every week like she's been doing. And you can see in her schedule over the years, she's come down a little bit each year. So I think she's focused on, I'm sure she's going to try and play well this week, but I'm sure she's focused on next week, which is the uh, Chevron Championship, the uh, the first major. It used to be the, well, it's had a whole bunch of names. It used to be the Dinah Shore, then it was the uh, Nabisco, then it was the ANA, uh, and now it's been moved to uh, to Texas because it's uh, taken over by Chevron, big gas company. So I think we'll get a good idea of where she is and where her game is when she plays this week. And we'll be spending a lot of time during both of our preview shows, or all three of our preview shows, I should say, Monday, and then both shows next Wednesday, discussing Brooke Henderson, looking, taking a deep dive into her game. We'll recap what's to come this weekend on the at the Lotte Championship, and then preview what's to come. But before we go to break here, Bob, it's not only Brooke who's playing well from a Canadian perspective on the LPGA Tour. You have Maddie Zierk, who finished T7 a couple weeks ago. Monami LeBlanc, who had a fairly good season last year, a T13. And you, you had the stat that the last non that the last Canadian not named Brooke Henderson to win on the LPGA Tour was Laurie Kane. So it's great to see. We're seeing all this depth on the men's side 
for on the PGA Tour for Team Canada. And it's nice now on the women's side too that other Canadians other than Brooke Henderson are also playing well. You know, we had the they had the Mike Weir effect. We talked a lot about that last week on the 20th anniversary of his of his uh, Masters win. How that influenced, and we had a story with all the Canadians talking who are on the PGA Tour right now talking about how influential that was that win was for their careers. And now I think you're starting to see it come on this side with with what Brooke Henderson has been doing. Not to say obviously Elena Sharp's the veteran there. She's she's playing this week as well. But I think you're starting to see, if you look through some of the amateur ranks as well, you've got Monet Chun that you did a great interview with playing and doing very well at the Augusta National Women's Amateur a couple of weeks ago. So there's, there's some really bright signs that Brooke's not going to be the only one winning tournaments from a Canadian standpoint. And it, it could come as early as this week, for instance, but we'll see. I think that uh, the, the women's golf in Canada is on the rise right now. It certainly is on the rise in a big way. Okay, coming up on the other side, I promise we'll get to this PGA Tour schedule news, and we'll take a look at the RBC Heritage, a designated event, but which star player is not there? We'll discuss that and more next. This. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by JPSM Golf, offering Canada's largest selection of electric golf trolleys. Good for your score, good for your health. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Visit weathertech.ca. Welcome back inside another Wednesday edition of GTC, the first leg of a triple header for us. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. We are on from now until noon right here on TSN 1050, 1 p.m. TSN 4 and 5, and 5 p.m. on the Deuce TSN 2. Now, I've promised that we're going to bring you this PGA Tour schedule news, and it's being branded as the FedEx Cup Fall? Yes, the FedEx Cup Fall. Bob, what can you tell us about this new series? It seems like more points going in, more eligibility, and more rewards for those who win during the fall portion of the schedule. Yeah, we've, we've known about the fall finish and the fall series for a number of years. This is sort of a reimagining of it. Um, and basically, in a nutshell, um, the players... This is basically going to be for players who finish 71 and beyond to a certain extent. If you're not in the FedEx Cup playoffs uh, to start, you can continue on. And the benefits are simple. They, if you're a winner, you get the two-year exemption like you do right now. You get a priority ranking position. So in other words, if you're um, fifth, uh, 110th, let's say, when you're going into this fall season, you can move yourself up and get better priority ranking, which is nothing all that new. Entry into designated events, so 10 players not previously eligible with the most season-long FedEx Cup points through the FedEx Cup will earn exemptions into the first two designated events. I think that's probably the biggest part of this. You also get into the players. There'll be a bunch of money up for grabs. Um, it's, it's, not a, it's not a deep one. I think there are six tournaments on it. And then they've, they've actually uh, encapsulated the three, I don't know what you call them, silly season tournaments or whatever, three the three that used to be sort of non-official official events, the Hero World Challenge, the Grant Thornton Invitational, which is a new one. That's going to be the mixed event. And then there's the PNC Championship, which is the father-son. They're calling that the challenge season schedule. So 
they've kind of grouping them and trying to make them all work together and they're trying to get obviously a lot of players to kind of fill those uh from the from the post 70 group to fill those other events you probably will see some of those players who were in the top 70 play a few of those events but i don't imagine you'll see a guy like rory or john rom will probably play at that point in time would probably play in europe uh finishing off dp world tour and things like that so um, it's it's nothing shockingly new, I don't think, except for the fact that you're going to get uh, some players who are going to get into the designated events in 2024 um, after. The biggest news, though, is sort of they're saying uh, the 2024 schedule will, you know, soon be released. And that's the one we all want to see uh, selfishly because I want to see where the RBC Canadian Open is. I have a funny feeling it might move dates on the schedule. I don't have that in any any other reason than I'm just little putting pieces together from the story that stories and people that I've been talking to that sort of looks like it might get a new date because right now it's stuck in an awful place um, between a, you know, a majors and designated events sort of surrounded. And next year, the PGA Tour has said there will no, not be any more islands. So in that, that tournament right now, RBC Canadian Open is essentially an island surrounded by all these other uh, big, big tournaments. So we'll see how that works. Which was similar to the Honda Classic too, in terms of island uh, events. But uh, yeah, I mean, cautiously optimistic. Let, let's hope, let's see where things change. And, you know, selfishly for us too, during our fall portion of our radio schedule, when things are quieter and we're only on for one hour a week on radio versus four, we'll have something to talk about and people playing golf, which, uh, which is obviously great for us. Uh, you mentioned Rory McIlroy there. And Rory, obviously, we both had... We both really liked him last week at the Masters, and he just didn't have it. He just didn't have his, his, his A game. And you think maybe he'd want to, you know, bounce back right away and get back on the PGA Tour and play at the RBC Heritage this week, a designated event. But Monday morning, Rory announced a WD. Do you think this is a good thing? It's I would think it's not an injury. It didn't say it was anyway, but I mean, the guy's been through a lot to put it lightly in the last year, 15 months or so. No, I think there is more to this story than we know at this point. I think uh, Rory being the guy who kind of led this charge for these designated events and with the knowledge that all these players were going to try and come together and play these. Look, Jordan Spieth talked this week about how mentally whipped he was right now and he would have would sort of hint hint I'd like to take a week off but of course this is a uh, defending championship for him John Rahm I'm sure would not have been playing if this was not a designated event so it makes me think that there might be something a little bit more an injury could be a situation for Rory I hope not uh, there may be some other reason why he's not playing I don't think that it's just based solely on oh, I'm tired I don't want to do this I and that could be very easily I'm just speculating here mm -hmm. But I do think there's probably some other reason. Something's going on or something he had or I don't know what it is. But there's just, it just seems weird for me that he would, he would withdraw from this tournament. Um, I do know that he has committed to the RBC Canadian Open. He's told everybody he's going to be there. His agent said that to me as well. So I think there's no real reason to, to fear that. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll find out hopefully when he plays next. Absolutely. And golf's in a better place when Rory McIlroy is on top of his game, which it appeared that he was heading into the Masters. And obviously he just didn't have it last week, which again, it happens in professional golf and it's happened to Rory McIlroy a lot 
at the Masters. Mark and I spoke for 15 minutes about that on Monday's show. So we don't have to get that into that again. But we can, we can think more glass half full now, glass positive, And we look at the RBC Heritage, another designated event. And looking at the odds from a TSN Edge perspective, as we do throughout these Wednesday editions of GTC, right now, Scotty Scheffler and John Rahm are the co-favorites at plus 850 on FanDuel. Well, Patrick Cantlay is the third betting favorite. Now, Patrick Cantlay was, I wouldn't call it hot water that he was in for pace of play. Um, we're we're going to play some audio in segment uh, in, in hour two about that. But in terms of Patrick Cantlay playing... He's played a lot of great golf so far this season. has been very consistent. He did shoot 75 during Sunday at the final round at the Masters to finish T14, but was really sort of in the mix throughout. Uh, let's hear from Patrick Cantlay as he prepares for another big week this week at the RBC Heritage. I think you have to really be able to work the golf ball both ways uh, around here because it's so confined and the trees uh, shape uh, pretty much every hole and demand that you have to hit either a little left to right or a little right to left shot. And that's something that I really like about this place. Um, and you just have to be really smart and leave your golf ball in the right spot and have uh, great control of your golf ball this week if you want to contend. There you go, Patrick Cantlay. Seems to be in pretty high form, uh, plus 1,100 or 11 to 1 to win this week at the RBC Heritage. Bob, given what you've seen in terms of consistency from Cantlay and his past success at this golf course, what are your thoughts on Cantlay as we head into this week? He's, he's definitely a guy you would consider out there. And as he said in that, in that interview clip, you know, you have to work your ball both ways. This is a golf course where you can be in the middle of the fairway and still have to navigate around a tree that's hanging down in front of the green. It is a real uh, precision golf course, and I think the the guys who are going to do well here this week are the guys who can, you know, who can hit greens, uh, who can shape the ball. Uh, I my picks are basically all guys who are in the uh, top or up near the top in uh, strokes gained approach, because I think you got to hit hit it onto the green and get the right part of the green as just like what they did last week. But it's not a long course. It is, a, uh, it is not one you're going to overpower. You have to finesse your way around this place. A plotter's paradise, if you will, where guys have to go around and find their spots. Now, we'll get to your TSN Edge picks in our next segment. We'll hear Marks as well in hour two once he joins us from sunny Florida. Actually kind of curious now if it's warmer in Florida or here. We'll get to that in hour two. <laughs> But uh, I know that's thrilling content. But you meant uh, we talked about Jordan Spieth a little earlier, too. And a little too, too little too late for Jordan Spieth at the Masters. He had a couple of interesting uh, course management decisions during the first round, especially on that 13th hole, making double bogey. There's a great picture or screenshot of Michael Greller holding a golf ball uh, in his hand after Spieth put it in the water for the second time on Thursday. And the look on his face was just priceless. It was like, oh, my God, he really just did that. But anyway, Jordan Spieth is your defending champion this week at the RBC Heritage. Beat Patrick Cantlay in a playoff Last year, before we discuss Jordan Spieth, let's hear Spieth as he prepares for another big week. Yeah, kind of finding a balance of um, continuing off of kind of the stretch of golf I've been on. I've been playing really nice golf over the last six, eight weeks and then resting. Um, so finding that balance to, to be prepared to, you know, to peak as, as best I can as the tournament goes on. It's nothing new. Um, but I don't normally have 27 holes on Sunday of Augusta right before, so 
it's uh, that's a hard walk. It's not a hard walk this week, but it requires a lot of a lot of focus. A lot of you can't really take a play off here um, because it tests pretty much every shot. You can get into trouble pretty quickly. So Jordan Spieth has the fourth shortest odds to win right now at 18 to one, and he really opened up a can of worms there where you wonder especially given the way the Masters played out with so many holes having to be played on mon- on Sunday. I'm sure, like Spieth just mentioned, he took Monday off. You wonder how many guys will go into this week gassed, have nothing in the tank, and be on a private jet somewhere Friday afternoon or sort of ramp their way up into it. And I guess that's just the new reality, Bob, of these designated events where, like you mentioned, many of these players maybe wouldn't play this week, likely wouldn't play this week, but because they're almost almost have to be there. I, I'm curious where where this goes in terms of guys being too too tired. What do you think? Uh, I definitely think there is something to that. There's a lot of guys who play this tournament the week after the Masters because it's it's set up to be a pretty chill event. There's a lot of families that go down there. It's pretty relaxed. I mean, RBC um, has done a good job managing this tournament. There's a lot of um, family-oriented stuff, and you don't really have to travel too far. It's all Everything's sort of all-encompassed. The other thing is that this is a course they play year in and year out, so if you have played here before, you don't have to spend a whole lot of time trying to figure out where the course is, you know, where to hit it, how to play it. You've kind of got there already. So I imagine there's a lot of sort of half days of, of nine-hole round, practice rounds and things like that where you're really trying to preserve your energy. Um, and, and, and I think Jordan hit on something there where he's talked about the fact that they had to play so many holes on Sunday. So if you were in the grind, if you were one of those people, you know, playing down the stretch, it was a long day on Sunday. It was a long week. When you're waiting around, it's a long weekend, and you're doing it in the rain and the cold, and you're taking layers off, and you're putting layers on. And uh, So I think it's a... Um, I think if you could have a tournament in this spot, this is a pretty good one to have just because of all the things I mentioned that, that make it sort of a, a chill tournament. So Jordan Spieth, fourth shortest odds at plus 1,800, uh, along with Colin Morikawa, who's also at plus 1,800. Cameron Young has the sixth shortest odds to win at plus 2,000 or 20 to 1. But how about the Canadians? On the other side, we'll take a look at all six Canadians in the field. Wasn't the best of performances at Augusta National. Maybe some fatigue for some, maybe some learning experiences for some, but Matt Hughes did have his best ever finish at the Masters. We'll discuss that coming up next as well. 20 weeks of TaylorMade. We'll tell you how you can win a Stealth 2 Plus driver this week, and it's free. We'll tell you that and much more. That's coming up next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. Home to 80 great courses, 60 miles of sandy shores, endless dining and entertainment. Visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com to start planning your golf trip today. Wrapping up Hour 1 here on GTC, Scully and Weeks alongside. Bob, 20 weeks of TaylorMade is something that we do every year, but this year, bigger and better 
and double the size, the prizing that we gave away from last year. Last year, 20000 This year, over $40,000. And this week, we're giving away a Stealth 2 Plus driver. It's a fantasy pool. You just go on GolfTalkCanada.com. It's all there. The winner gets a Stealth 2 Plus driver. <coughs> Excuse me. This past week at the Masters, we gave away a set of irons, a driver, six dozen golf balls, which could be good for a season, a millennium, a month, a week, depending on your skill level. Six dozen golf balls <laughs> for the third place uh, champion uh, last week uh, for the Masters. Uh, Bob, have you? I, we obviously played some golf. Mark and I also took a, a relative deep dive into you guys uh, taking us down at uh, Aviara, where I did, for the first time, I told the world that uh, the round that I made in Albatross, I was still over par on the par five. So I did, I did tell the world that. I was telling James <laughs> Duffy that last night, and he almost fell off his chair laughing during one of their intermissions and commercial breaks. But uh, what have been your impressions of the Stealth 2 driver? Well, I haven't had a chance to hit it since uh, outdoors. Anyway, since we were down down in uh, California, I have hit it in the uh, in the sim at Weston, and um, I'm picking up a little extra speed. Uh, some of that I know is from work I've been doing with my professional Mark Linton, but some of it is too is the club. And um, listen, it's uh, it's it's bigger. It's not bigger. It's the same size actually, but it's better. And uh, and I'm uh, I'm really anxious to, to take it out in the golf course. Yeah, I'm super excited to get out there and take a look. And you mentioned your professional. Uh, I've exchanged some videos with our dear friend, Ralph Bauer, who has given me some drills, which include a chair. So stay tuned to social media for that. Yeah, so that's, uh, but he's a great guy. And uh, it's golf season. It's here. Come on. We're we're playing golf soon. I'm so excited. Uh, Speaking of playing golf, six Canadians are playing golf this week at the RBC Heritage. We have Corey Connors. We have Adam Hadwin. Nick Taylor, Adam Svensson, Mackenzie Hughes, Taylor Pendrick. Now, Corey Connors has the shortest odds by a country mile of all the Canadians at 45 to 1. Now, where do you think Connors is right now, Bob? Because early portion of the schedule didn't have his best stuff. He's never played the West Coast swing very well. Starts to heat up in Florida, goes to Valero, Texas Open, gets the dub, shows up at the Masters, expectations sky high, maybe a little fatigue gets the weekend off, comes back to this tournament, made a hole-in-one at this tournament last year. Where are you on Corey Connors? Uh, I'm, I'm still bullish on him. I think he's going to play well this week. I think we're going to start to see the more consistency. I will say off the tee last week, um, I didn't watch him every hole, but when I was walking with him a little bit, he seemed to miss things, both approach and off the tee, over to the left. And his coach, Derek Ingram, told me that that's kind of been his miss this year. And if you're only missing one way, it's not hard to fix. So I think there's just a little bit of tempo and a little bit of um, that silky smooth swing that he's got with the timing. It might be off just a little bit. And who knows, you know, what kind of level of um, of tiredness he was experiencing coming in off the win. Because when you win a golf tournament, everything changes. Your, your schedule is off. You have to do a whole bunch more things on Sunday night than you normally would. And so you get in late and you're trying to play catch up during a week where you have a lot of starts and stops as well. So uh, I, I don't, I'm not too worried yet about, uh, about Corey Connor's season. I mean, anytime you have a season where you have a win, it's pretty good. And I think the rest of the guys are, are, um, are anxious as well to, to, to do some, some good things. I think this is a, a golf course that would suit a guy like Adam Hadwin very well. And I, I, I think that in talking to him, I think he was a little 
was a little upset about not getting himself into the Masters. He really wanted to be in there. I think he was a little PO'd at it, to be perfectly honest with you. So I think he's mm -hmm. feeling good about his game. Uh, feeling in the conversations I've had with him, he's sort of saying, yeah, you know, I should be, I should be doing this more often. I should be playing more up, up bigger events. So um, I'm hoping, hopeful that he'll, uh, he'll have a breakthrough this week. So Hadwin has the second shortest odds of all Canadians at 110 to one. Nick Taylor, 120 to one. Adam Svensson, 170 to one. Mackenzie Hughes, 210 to one to win this week, which is seems pretty long. And Taylor Pendrith's odds right now, again, long, 420 to one. But you know, uh, Mackenzie Hughes, I'm curious how um, how he bounces back here, how he shows up after a pretty solid week at Augusta National, where. Didn't have a great first round, really battled to make the cut, played a really good second round, was playing a lot of great golf during Friday until that weather delay, and then came back, made the cut strong, T29, good for Mackenzie Hughes. Now, Bob, we'll be seeing uh, us together, actually, coming up at a couple of different places uh, later today on the early edition of SportsCenter. You and I will be speedy. We're doing speed golf. We're getting back. And I, I also, I got a lot of, I, yep. I got to bring this up on the air before we go to break. I got a lot of comments from um, the way James Duffy signed off Speed Golf last week, where I didn't know this was coming. And he just mentioned my name for, for Adam Scully. I'm James Duffy. And my phone lit up like a Christmas tree, similar to my hockey playing days. And I was pulling pucks out of the net. <laughs> I, I did. Did you know this was coming? I, I'm not, I'm not sure if JD did a bit of a scouting report on, uh, <laughs> on me. No. Okay. Okay. No, he he did a little little fun with you at the end. At the start, he took a little fun with uh, the quiz master, uh, hockey quiz master, because he said speed golf. This is a lot like the quiz, except with better questions. Uh, so that was a little veiled shot at the quiz master, and then a nice little throw, show, shout out to you. I thought that was awesome, and uh, no, I had no idea it was coming. I didn't even. I was sort of floored by that. That was great, though. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, thank you, and, and maybe we'll have to think of something to. Bring it back to JD today. I mean, my brain's kind of mush right now, but we'll see how we can uh, brainstorm. And as well, we have three handicap coming up where we take a look at some of the feature groups you can see on TSN Plus and what their odds are. And I will have to say, Valero Texas Open, our three ball bet, if you parlayed all three together, people won some dough at about 20 to 1. So, and you can also find our picks on the FanDuel app. So we'll be tweeting that out, tweeting our results out. Take a look at social media. Bob, we'll see you on Speed Golf uh, in a couple of hours. Great stuff this morning. Uh, welcome back to the GTA. And I will be seeing you soon because I have Thank some you. golf clubs for you as well. We'll discuss that obviously off mic, but I will see you very yes. shortly in 3D. It's been quite some time. Thank you, Bob. It's been, uh, it's been a fun first okay, have a good, hour. Have a good second hour. Okay, thank you. Coming up on okay. the other side, much more GTC. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. 
For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Why Picton Mahoney? Visit PictonMahoney.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada, hour two, the second nine here on GTC. Adam Scully here on this lovely Wednesday morning. Look at the GTA. Last Wednesday at this time, we were laughing, Chris and I behind the glass, talking about the monsoon thunderstorm that was coming down. It sounded like the apocalypse was happening. But now look at this. I don't see a cloud anywhere. It's almost like summer is here. And speaking of good times ahead, now joining us is our resident golf analyst, Kristen Murphy. Murph, how are you this lovely Wednesday morning? I could not be better. Birds are chirping. There's a lot of shorts. I saw a couple of flip-flops this morning. Um, so, yeah, all signs are pointing to golf season has arrived. I know, Adam, you said that maybe you prematurely busted out the shorts, but admittedly, I was also shorts girl yesterday, so I'm right there with you. Were you flip-flops girl too? Or, no, or no, 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 no. I, I draw the line somewhere. But I have to say, like, one of the bigger indications that golf season is here this morning, I was dropping my kids off at school, and uh, there was a, a fellow parent in line waiting to drop off his son, and he started busting out, like, the air swing. You know, we've oh, all yeah. done that. Um, whether you're at the airport, maybe the grocery store, you get the sudden urge to work on your grip maybe tweak the backswing, sort of forgetting for a moment in time that you're in a public space. But then you make eye contact with maybe a fellow golfer, and there's kind of an understanding there. Like, it's go time. It, it is go time. And Bob mentioned uh, that his course, Weston, is opening one week from today. Do we have an opening date for Rosedale yet? Right. Okay, so as you know, uh, you know the head pro at Rosedale, Andrew Donaldson. No, well, no. I saw him yesterday, and I cornered him for a little stop and chat, I'm sure you saw me coming a mile, miles away, knowing the burning question that was uh, coming at him. And that was, hey, any indication on when we're opening? And he didn't give me a definitive date, but he seemed to think things were heading in the right direction and uh, probably looking at two weeks from now maximum. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm curious too. And, you know, Bob, I asked Bob this question. I'm, I'm not going to ask you quite this question. I don't know the answer to this and I don't know because we're not golf course superintendents, but given how the temperatures are going to be very high and then drop next week, mm -hmm. I don't know how that really affects the grass early in the season. We're not going to have a whole science lesson here. I think we're going to try to have a superintendent on our show next week to really take a deep dive into that. Now, we're going to get into your preparation for golf season because there was a photo you sent me <laughs> grinding in the gym. We're going to get to that momentarily. But speaking of grinding, you played a big role on our Masters coverage during the early portion uh, for the morning highlight packs. A lot of those that our own Lindsay Hamilton read uh, throughout the, the mornings. And as the rain delays happened uh, into Sunday, previewing the final round too. What, was your, what were your overall impressions looking back at John Rahm's victory at the Masters? Yeah, so, you know, bigger picture, overall impressions. I would say we learned that live golfers and PGA Tour golfers can coexist um, we also learned that nothing is guaranteed with so much talk about Rory McIlroy coming in and then he misses the cut. One of the bigger surprises of the week, but there were so many surprises for me and um, Brooks Kepka being one of them playing as well as he did. We knew coming in that he won on the live tour the week before, but as we discussed, we, we don't really know how to gauge what that means. It's a different format. 
different courses. It's just, it's a weird one to gauge. Um, and then, of course, we see him go on and falter in the final round. But I wonder how pivotal that first hole was on Sunday morning when they resume play to complete the third round and you see Kepka make bogey, Rom makes birdie, and you have a two-shot swing right out of the gates and the lead, you know, cut in half. And I just wonder, had they finished differently on that hole, if that could have impacted the way the rest of the day went? We'll never know. But when it comes to John Rom, I think if you had told me at the beginning of the week, John Rom is going to take home the green jacket. You know, are you going to watch? Are you going to watch every shot? Yes, absolutely I am. A, it's part of my job, but B, I'm obsessed. And uh, I thought John Rom winning the Masters was up there with one of the better possible outcomes. And, you know, the way he started his season, he's racking up wins. And um, before he was sitting on just one major win, and even though he's a young player, it felt like he should already have multiple major wins. Like, traditionally, some of the best golfers historically, I think of Fred Couples, Tom Kite, Jim Furyk, who only have one major win. So the fact that John Rahm has now solidified himself as a multiple major winner, it felt fitting. Um, and I think that he was such a deserving champion. We're with our analyst, Kristen Murphy, here discussing the Masters, and we'll get to the RBC Heritage here shortly. And I, I want to touch on Brooks Kepka here, because I, I think people were cautiously optimistic given his victory on the Live Tour, the only player to have won multiple times on that tour heading into the Masters, as maybe he would be the low guy. And, you know, he was really... I'll say it vulnerable about uh, and honest about how he is healthy now and how he's recovered and how gruesome that injury was. And I, I know you were dialed into that Netflix series full swing. And the thing I really liked about his episode was that after people watched it, they either really liked him a lot more or really disliked him a lot more, given everything that is going on with Brooks Kepka. Where, where were you on Brooks Kepka with that, and what's your outlook for him now with major season with three more to go? Yeah, you know, ahead of seeing his episode uh, on Full Swing, I will be honest, he was not my favorite guy. Like, I tend to root for sort of the more positive people, and he's always been pretty sharp in his press conferences, and as much as I respect a straight shooter, sometimes he was generally just like pretty cold and moody. And so I think the Netflix series showed what he was actually going through. And I think it's kind of underplayed what an injury or injuries can do to a player, to any professional athlete. There's obviously you're, you're used to training a certain way. You're used to having a certain routine and all of a sudden you can't do what you used to do. And there's the physical setbacks and restraints and but then there's the mental aspect and I think that's what we really saw during that that episode was just how vulnerable he actually is and it was almost like he was going through some kind of a depression or you know identity crisis almost because he expects to be competing at the highest level all the time and then all of a sudden he can't putt anymore he's got these empty trophy cases it was really quite sad and so I think um, my opinion of him definitely changed for the better. And doing what he did this week under the bright lights, so many people questioning the compete level of the live golfers. You know, some saying, oh, he 
he lost it down the stretch because he's only used to be playing 54 holes now. But, like, then how do you explain Phil Mickelson's success, Patrick Reed's success? He picked up a top 10 this week. So I don't put much value into the format of Liv, you know, being the reason why he didn't play well. But more, he's still coming back from injury, and he's found himself back on the biggest stage, and I thought he performed spectacularly. Yeah, I, overall, and I said this on our show on Monday, golf's in a better spot when Brooks Kepka is on top of his game because he is something different. He He's not your typical cliche-driven guy speaking to the media. He's going to be honest. He's going to mm-hmm. talk about slow play <laughs> yeah. sometimes. That's where we're going to go next because pace of play during the final round of the Masters was uh, not fast, let's put it uh, lightly. And uh, Brooks Kepka and John Rahm were playing behind Patrick Cantlay and Victor Hovland. Before I get your perspective on this, Murph, Patrick Cantlay was asked about the pace of play during his press conference yesterday. Brooks Kepka shared some comments, just kind of pointed at your group uh, about the final round pace of play at Augusta. I was just curious what your experience was with the pace out there. Yeah, I mean, we finished the first hole, and the group in front of us was on the second tee when we walked up to the second tee, and, you know, we waited all day um, on pretty much every shot. I mean, we waited in 15 fairway, we waited in 18 fairway, so I imagine it was slow for everyone. We waited all day. We waited on 15 fairway. We waited on 18 fairway. There was this video of Victor Hovland hitting a chip with Cantlay, I don't know, 150 yards away, walking up the 13th hole. What were you, what was your thoughts on the old, uh, the old pace of play meter uh, during Sunday's final round? I, I thought it was tough. I definitely thought oh, it was yeah. tough, but I think to pin it on Patrick Cantlay alone is unfair. Um, and, I mean, the average golfer, most of us, can't stand slow play. I mean, golf takes a while as it is. You want to be able to do other things during your day. But, obviously, when you have, like, millions of viewers watching and you have slow play, the leader's waiting on a tee, it's really a bad look. And uh, But do I think this is solely on Patrick Cantlay? Definitely not. I think, generally, if golf, you know, there's they've taken major steps to improve the product. That's, like, a big mm-hmm. sort of slogan we keep hearing is how can we improve the product and I think one of the simplest ways to do that is to speed up the game Um, obviously there are rules in place but how much are they being enforced I think if you look at Major League Baseball we've seen the implementation of the pitch clock already you know it's, it's early days but most of the feedback has been positive people like efficiency and it really hasn't taken away to the from the overall experience and I think with golf they've done other things to improve uh, things for the viewer, the experience. You've got more listen-ins between players and caddies strategizing. You have players mic'd up to talk through strategy themselves, which is a very cool thing. Um, but in the simplest way, yeah, speed up the play. I think that would go a long way for viewership. Yeah, totally. And for us, the amateur or any fans watching their idols or young people, young fans, young kids watching their favorite player. And, you know, they're seeing these guys do aim point and doing 360 rotations <laughs> and taking a month and a half to hit the ball. Like they're going to do the same thing. Right. And, and that's sort of like you do what you're, you, uh, people you look up to do as well. So I'm yeah. curious how this goes going for, it's going to take someone being penalized for sure. Uh, before anything, before anything happens now for you, RBC heritage this week, another hmm. designated event. A lot of the top dogs, there, not Rory McIlroy. Who do you like this week? Okay, so I like my guy, Jordan Spieth, this week. The defending champ. 
obviously he has the warm and fuzzies about this track, this course. Um, you know, he didn't get his green jacket last week. Maybe it'll be a tartan jacket this week. Um, but, you know, he finished tied for fourth last week. That's a pretty stellar performance. And he already has four top tens this season. So I, I like him this week. And I think he's in a good place. My only hesitation would just be where his energy levels are at. You played that clip of him um, in the last segment. And he admittedly is kind of not sure where he is as far as his tiredness level. Um, but Jordan is, I don't know, he always plays the same way. He's always so locked in once he gets going. So I, I like him this week. The other guy I like, though, if we're going to look a little bit further down, oh, yeah. someone with some longer odds, Cameron Young. I feel like I pick him every other week. He's still looking to break through on the PGA Tour. I feel like I've been saying that for a long time. He finished runner-up at the Dell Match Play. Um, he had a close call at this tournament as a rookie. He has a new mm-hmm. caddy on the bag and Webb Simpson. Who, um, who Paul Tesori was uh, caddying for previously, he won this tournament in 2020. So that, that seems like a pretty good overall vibe heading it. Well, maybe good, line, good minds think alike, maybe not. I also like Cameron Young <laughs> this week too. Uh, Cameron Young, 20 to 1 right now on FanDuel. Jordan Speed, 18 to 1 right now on FanDuel for the RBC Heritage. Now, before we let you go, Murph, I spoke about this off the hop. You sent me a text where you were just going hard in the gym. Work it Was was it leg day? Like, what's your program here as you get set to annihilate some golf balls as the, as the season gets underway? Okay, so it was a lower body day, yes. And, um, you know, I'm always trying to get stronger, and I think that uh, I want to see my ball go further. So I'm really... Mm-hmm focusing on my strength training game and um, trying to get a little more flexibility, some rotational exercises in there. Um, I want to hit the ground running this year, Adam. Watch out. Wow. Now, you mentioned hit the ground running. Are, 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 like, are we doing some wind sprints here too? Like no. what's plyometrics? No. Like what, what's, what's the dealio here? No, like squats, lunges, okay. Okay. you know, okay. things like okay. of that nature. I like it. I, I think, uh, you know, as golf season gets, maybe we'll have to do something on social media together, decked out in some Adidas swag, maybe uh, yes. telling people how they can get mentally, physically prepared for the season <laughs> ahead because uh, it is so excited to get back underway. Uh, Murph, as always, thanks for your time today. Uh, good luck if it's leg day today or <laughs> rotational day today, whatever day it thanks. is. Uh, good luck with the highlight packs for the RBC Heritage, and we will talk to you very soon. Okay, Adam, talk to you soon. Take care. That was Kristen Murphy. Follow her on the social medias, Murphy Marie, where she posts some great videos daily, really, once tournament uh, gets underway, really on Instagram, Twitter, the works. Coming up on the other side, we're going to learn all about the tailor-made golf ball with Mike Fox and some customizable options where you can find and create your dream golf ball. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. Learn more about their award-winning golf course and growing community. Visit cobblebeach.com today.
Welcome back inside a Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully here in the studio. Well, we mentioned throughout the show here in the GTA, it appears that golf season is here. It's warm, it's sunny, it is ready to rock for golf season. So to get ready for golf season, you're going to need some golf balls. Why not get some tailor-made golf balls? A wide array and variety of balls available for the tailor-made lineup in 2023. For much more, Bob had a chance to catch up with Mike Fox from TaylorMade. Uh, let's talk about uh, the ball story, and it, it is based around my response, and uh, or the response ball, I guess, to a response. Why don't you tell us uh, a little bit what we're going to see on the shelves in 2023? Yeah, 2023 is going to be another incredible year for TaylorMade golf balls, tour response, but then our new tour response stripe product, which is the fastest growing visual tech product out there right now. And visual technology, of which really TaylorMade has become the leader in is taking golf balls, which all used to be white, round, and sit on the ground, and enhancing the performance characteristics of them through visual, um, visual printings. And Tour Response Stripe is really the ultimate of that. For us, it started with picks. Hopefully everyone's familiar with TP5 and TP5 picks, which we developed with Ricky Fowler out in 2020. And it's turned into this crazy uh, momentum with tour players like Tommy Fleetwood winning with them on the European tour. And honestly, millions of golfers across the world using that product. But what was great about that is it had this really cool clear path alignment system where it allowed you to line up the golf balls in the middle of the 12 evenly spaced images. And when you rolled it, you could see how you were rolling it. But this year with Tour Response Stripe, we wanted to take that concept and just put on steroids, turn it up to 11, do whatever we could to make, honestly, an alignment system like no one had ever seen before. And that's really where Tour Response Stripe came from. It's the first 360 degree clear path alignment system that has a pattern that wraps all the way around the golf ball. So when you align this golf ball, it's like anything else we've seen today. It truly is an easier to line product. Uh, and we've done hundreds of hours of testing on this versus a single line or some other systems out there. So if you want to align a golf ball, um, this is the thing you want to use. And the feedback we've gotten from our player panels and from honestly even tour players that practice with it is it's like cheating out there. It's one of those things when you kind of get behind and you shimmy it around, it just locks in and then you know you got that right line and all you got to do now is keep it on path. What, what's the, uh, the optic story about it? Because I know that you're, there are lots of colors and things going on with it now. Tell us a little bit about that. In Tour Response Stripe, it started in 2022 with our lime colorway. And we did that because it's the easiest color to see. For us, we didn't want to just make an easy to align golf ball. We wanted to make a golf ball that was easy to see. And um, from us, what we've seen in our research over the years is yellow and bright lime colors is the only color that your eye perceives clearer than white. That's why tennis balls are yellow and lime. That's why softball is yellow and lime. That's why safety vests and uh, fire trucks and all these types of things you use that yellow lime reflective colorway because it's easier to see. However, we know golfers like to personalize their game and they want to be able to easier identify their golf ball. So in 2023, we're not just creating tour response stripe, but now we're expanding the colorways into a red, into an orange, into a blue, plus our traditional lime. But then also we're launching a, a pink and a light blue colorway, which isn't designed for female golfers. It's still on our tour response construction, but maybe a little bit more feminine in design. But for overall, with the tour response stripe golf ball, you're getting that performance from tour response the cashier thing cover, you're getting that 360 degree clear path alignment system with the Tour Response Stripe, and now you're getting five colorways to allow you to more personalize your game, and it's going to be an incredible product in 23. Uh, let's talk about the personalization part in yeah. my symbol, and yeah. you can reach down and give us a, it's kind of a cool way now to really make this golf ball kind of feel like your own, I guess. Yeah. Everyone knows that personalization is a trend not just in golf, but everywhere. 
If you have an option, why wouldn't you create something or play something that more associates with you as a person and your game in general? So when we looked at that challenge in golf, we've been logoing golf balls the same way for 30 years. This pad print technology with a big honking logo on the side of a golf ball is all you've ever been able to do. But when you look at other industries and develop your own sneakers or your own shirts or whatever it might be, or cars, why couldn't we take that concept and put it more into golf balls? And that's really what TP5 and 5X and soon to be Tour Response and my symbol is all about. It's personalizing and logoing your products in a way that golfers have never seen before. When we say never seen before, it's opening up a new logo position underneath the TaylorMade logo to be able to put uh, a personalized uh, image. So typically when you think, as I said, logos, it's a big logo on the side. But there's nothing that stops us from changing the image that's underneath that TaylorMade brand spot. So now, you're not just able to logo the side of the product if you want. You're not just able to do one number. You can do two numbers or three numbers or four numbers or alphanumeric. You can do characters, but also you can do an image if you want as well. So for you guys, obviously, in Brook as well, we have our Canadian maple leaf. Colin Morikawa is using an image of his dog. We have the peach for the Masters ball, and we have hundreds of other options that golfers can choose from that more associate with your game. But also what's super cool is you can match that with the color of the TaylorMade logo, which no one's ever been able to change before. So it's really opening up this world of possibilities for you to design your own golf ball. But also you'll see in stores throughout your country or throughout Canada with this mass personalization concept. So you go in the stores and forever golf balls have been one, two, three, five. Maybe once in a while you'll see a six, seven, eight, nine. But now you can go in store and when you look at the racks, you see, okay, I got my numbers, but hey, I got my favorite hockey player's number out there, and I got a Canadian maple leaf section, and I got an ice cream pop section, and I got a four leaf clover section, and I got a poker chip section. And it's cool, so now you can go in there, and yeah, I'm not building my own golf ball, but I can at least pick something that really more associates with my game. That's really what my symbol's all about. It's taking the incredible performance of our 5 and 5X and Tour Response products and now letting you kind of personalize the product really to what suits your game the best. That's pretty cool. That's, yeah. I kind of like that. That's nice. Uh, you mentioned Brooke Henderson. Let's yeah. talk about Brooke. Uh, tell me about Brooke's choice yeah. of golf balls and why it works for her. Brooke Henderson's been an incredible story, not just for TaylorMade, but particularly for the golf ball division, because there's some people out there that still think that TaylorMade's a metalwood company or a carbonwood company. But I could tell you, TaylorMade Golf is as much a golf ball company as we are absolutely anything. And Brooke Henderson's a great example of this, because her contract started with golf ball. And our relationship started with her hearing about and seeing the performance that other athletes were having with the success of the ball. She's like, hey, I want to try this. She tried it, she's like, this thing's legit this thing's great so she tries the ball she wins with the ball and then she's like you know what let me try those tailor-made clubs too and it's turned into this incredible relationship that we've had with her but she's been fantastic to work with because when we started she thought like okay well let me get what I'm familiar with and she started with the TP5 product because it gave her the window she was looking for um, particularly on wedges and it was one of those things as we started working with her more we said hey you know the TP5X is gonna be a, a longer golf ball for you, and you're still gonna get a lot of that greenside performance. And she's transitioned into that golf ball, now had wins with it, and really has had a ton of success. But it's one of those things where we, we've had this great relationship, and we've had this great working relationship where we test product, 
We give her exactly what she wants so she can win with it, but then show her some things she might not realize are even going to benefit even further. And she's a long hitter, but to give her more distance with her drive and her irons, but still great wedge performance is something really only we can offer um, with our five-layer technology. And it's been awesome watching her have success with the ball, and then you know being able to give the club team a little bit of love too as she's transitioned into that space too. Great stuff there from Bob and Mike Fox for the TaylorMade Golf Ball. And exciting to uh, give the My Symbol a try because they have a lot of great customizable options. On the other side, the Z-Man is going to join us from sunny Florida. He'll be part of the PGA Tour Live coverage that you can see on TSN Plus for the RBC Heritage. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac, experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. Book your tour at cadillac.ca slash live. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully here in studio as we look ahead to the RBC Heritage. This week, another designated event on the PGA Tour coming off a very busy week at the Masters. For much more on the RBC Heritage, the man who will be calling it for PGA Tour Live, TSN Plus, our own Mark Sacchino, who has now made his way to Florida. Z-Man, what is up? How warm is it in Florida right now? Skulls, other than the 3.30 wake-up call, I think I was getting up when you were going to bed after sports. That's true. Other than the 3.30 wake-up call, pretty good. Um, Flight was on time. Rental car was actually where it was supposed to be. I'm always shocked when things uh, operate these days the way they're supposed to. So looking forward to this week. we got great feature groups. I mean, the names are unbelievable. The feature group coverage has John Rahm, Victor Hovland, Patrick Cantley. I mean, star-studded. So, I mean, it would be nice to kind of come down off Augusta a little bit. But not going to happen. Yeah, not going to happen. It's, it's great to see this back-to-back, another big event here, a designated event here. I'm curious, I'm curious, Mark, for your perspective, given the way the Masters ended, we heard from Jordan Spieth earlier in the show about guys having to play 30 holes on Sunday and how tough of, of a walk that is at Augusta, and, of course, the mental grind as well at a major championship. How hard do you think it will be for guys to ramp it back up this week for another huge event on the PGA Tour the week after a major championship? I think we're going to see some surprises this week that don't make sense. I think we're going to see some big names that in all likelihood, you know, probably listed now in FanDuel somewhere in that top 10, top 15 on that board. I think we're going to see some of them likely not make it to the weekend. And you're going to go, how did that happen? And, and it's just bluntly fatigue and no other reason. It isn't going to happen all of them. Some of them who play deep into Sunday are, are going to be able to have something in the tank and look forward to this week. And 
you know, put up some good numbers and, and potentially challenge to win this golf tournament. But it would not surprise me if some big names that you and I and Bob and the golf community expects to contend this week gets a lot of money on them and they play two rounds and go home. It's, it's just, it's inevitable. It's an exhausting week at Augusta at the best of times when you're playing 30 home marathons and it's cold and it's wet and you've had stops and you've had uh, restarts. I think that's even more magnified. Uh, so I think we're going to see it. But the good news is, from an energy standpoint, like Augusta's a brutally hard walk. You've got to be ripping driver all day, especially with this, you know, the way it played last week and this extra yardage. I mean, uh, that's a very athletic four days. Uh, this is very different. I mean, the weather down here is going to be spectacular from what we see. It's going to be warm. Um, it's a flat golf course. It's a short golf course. You can hit a lot of hybrids. You can hit a lot of three woods, a lot of driving irons. So um, at least they have that going for them. But I do believe we are going to see a couple. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what it's going to be like. And and Bob used the expression uh, island, like an island tournament where, uh, you know, the Honda Classic was in in itself, like right in the middle of a number of designated events. And, and we'll be seeing that again here going forward. You know, uh, in the next couple of weeks, we have some, <clears throat> excuse me, some quieter, uh, quieter, some different events where not as many of the top players in the <clears throat> in the world will be playing. Uh, but for you, Mark, I know you're high on a guy uh, like Patrick Cantley, and um, he has the third shortest odds to win right now at 11 to 1. And before we talk about Cantley himself, I want to talk about back at the Masters where Brooks Kepka, who uh, is not shy on opinions, was talking about the pace of play in the final round and how he might have uh, blamed it solely on Patrick Cantlay. He was trending online, and there's video of Patrick Cantlay walking up the 13th fairway while Victor Hovland's chipping on the hole because it was taking a long time. What was your overall perspective, Mark, on the pace of play itself last Sunday at the Masters? I, you know, I was surprised because, you know, we were back in Tucson. I expected in recent, each week on the PGA Tour, especially on the West Coast swing, um, I don't know what it is about threesomes on the West Coast swing, but working some events earlier this year for PGA Tour Radio and PGA Tour Live, we were clocking five and a half, 545 for 18 holes. These are the best players in the world. And really, West Coast Lane, you've got no rough. There's no rough on the golf course. Most of the rough is dormant. And we're playing golf in five and a half hours, five, five hours and 40 minutes. I mean, there's just no excuse for it. But it seems to happen year in, year out. It gets a little better when we get to the uh, Florida Swing. It definitely gets better when we get into twosomes on the weekend. So am I surprised to see those numbers? Uh, no, but I am surprised to see them in twosomes. And I'm not too sure what was going on there. Obviously, Augusta, people are trying to win a, a Masters, and it was playing tough, and it's a major, and there's a lot of reasons why guys might get out of their routine, play a little slower, etc. But, you know, to your point, it only takes one or two guys in that last 
you know, four tee times, five tee times, and one or two guys, and that's it. Next thing you know, you know, they're they're behind the pace, and it's been forever in a day. You know, the last time Augusta handed out a slow play penalty, it was to an amateur, a 14-year-old. So we can all collectively roll our eyes at that one. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I don't have enough personal experience with Cantley to know if this was a one-off or if he just happens to be slow. Cantley suggested it was slow for everybody, and he was just trying to pace himself because he didn't want to wait, and he was waiting. I don't know who to believe, but to your point with him and Victor there on 13, one would raise an eyebrow at that. But it is a problem every week on the PGA Tour, and I really don't know what they're going to do about it. Until they start handing out penalties, nothing's going to change. I was just going to go there, Mark, because slow play is an issue in golf, period. Whether you're a plus seven handicap on the PGA Tour or you're a weekend warrior looking to grind out a $5 NASA, it is just an issue in the game of golf. And generally, slow players don't know they are slow or think they are fast or don't want to believe that they are slow. So to your point, until something is actually done, until a high-quality player is actually penalized, nothing is going to happen. We, we saw at Riviera, there were, there were groups who had to play six more holes on Saturday morning because they couldn't get 36 holes in during the daylight. So do you really uh, agree with me here, Mark, that until the PGA Tour hands down a penalty to someone in a second round, in a third round, in a final round, whatever, that this is just going to continue? Yeah, and it can't be some undisclosed $5,000 fine because some undisclosed $5,000 fine to these guys is like fining you and I five bucks. You know what I mean? Uh, it, just, it just doesn't, it doesn't register and it isn't going to make a difference. And unfortunately, people mimic what they see on TV. And you're right. It's the biggest, I say this all the time, the biggest challenge facing the game from a participation standpoint is, is time. It isn't access. You know, there are ways now. Uh, there's great junior programs. Uh, there's great amateur programs. People have access to golf. Um, is it a little expensive? Yes, but, but you know what? The market, the market dictates, dictates the price, and private clubs got waiting lists. And uh, public uh, public golf courses, you can't book a tee time unless you book seven days out. Good luck, you ain't getting a tee time. So the market dictates the price. So that tells me that the price is not a challenge. The biggest challenge is in today's society, with you know two parents, uh, two parents likely working, uh, kids trying to balance part-time jobs, university, etc. Everybody being asked to do more at work. Uh, than they have ever been asked to do before as we come back out of this remote COVID work environment back to what is looking like a more normal work environment. Do you have six hours to donate to the world of golf? And, you know, you're trying to balance that between being a parent, having a job, um, yeah, all the things that go with, with the responsibilities. And, and to me, that's the biggest challenge. And slow play is, is a huge problem, huge part of it. And, and not to get sidetracked here, Skulls, but speaking of penalties, because this, this story didn't really break 
it actually broke while you and I were doing Golf Talk Canada Radio on Monday. It broke that Rory McIlroy was withdrawing from the RBC Heritage. Well, this is now his second designated event that he has withdrawn from. And you're, not, you're, you're supposed to only be allowed to not play one designated event. And there's supposed to be now a penalty that goes along with this WD Ferrari. Uh, he's not supposed to be able to be fully, um, fully qualified for that uh, for that uh, players fund for right. social media, etc. So I don't know what they're going to do, but unless they figure out a way where he can add an event that he's not supposed to play, or add an event that he doesn't have to play, they've got to penalize him some way, or these designated events and 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 kind of. I don't want to use the word forcing these guys, but really putting the best players in the world together more often, if they don't enforce that, then all of a sudden it becomes that penalty with Kepka in the fairway with his caddy on Thursday at Augusta, and it becomes holding in the NFL. If you don't enforce it, it doesn't really matter. So I, I'm really curious to what the PGA Tour does with Rory when it comes to this situation. And you wonder if he'll try to maybe play it off as an injury. I, I don't know. But for him to do it to Monday morning, like it was immediately like after the Masters finished, he didn't step on the Masters toes at all, if you will, and, and do it during uh, last weekend. So <clears throat> that, that's where I, I am curious to see what does happen. And I'm, I'm sure, And I mean, if does, something does happen, uh, hopefully we do uh, f- find out regardless as to what it would be. Uh, a couple before we let you go, Mark. I, I know you are high on Jordan Speed this week. Given what you saw last week, given that Sunday final round, playing with Phil the Thrill, it, it was a little too late, a little too little too late for Jordan Speed after some interesting course management decisions on Thursday and his past success here at the RBC Heritage now going forward, defending champion. How do you like Jordan Speed this week? Yeah, I love Jordan this week. Defending champ. Fatigue's the only issue I'm concerned about, Adam, because of uh, what we discussed off the top uh, uh, top of our discussion. Uh, it was a long week for Jordan, so fatigue scares me a little. But everything else doesn't. He's making a ton of birdies, tied for the, the lead at Augusta with uh, total birdies made, so he's getting it in the hole. He's just making too many mistakes right now. So if he can clean up the mistakes, I, I like his chances of winning very soon. And although Harbortown is a very tight golf course, the fact that he can keep driver in the bag most of the week and hit a lot of hybrids, driving irons, three woods, really will suit Jordan Speed well and maybe take that really kind of wide tee ball out of play. And maybe it's the reason why he won here last year, because he doesn't have to hit so many drivers. So, again, love Jordan this week. Uh, the only thing that concerns me is the fatigue factor, but I, I think everything else is pointing towards a speed win soon. Might be this week, could very likely be this week, but if it doesn't happen this week, it's going to happen soon. And if it happens soon, PGA Championship, what, five weeks away from now or so where he can complete the career grand slam with a victory. Mark, I know it's been a very long morning for you already. You've made it to Florida. You're there for the PGA Tour Live coverage as well. as You can see that on TSN+. Plus. Thanks for your time this morning. Uh, can't wait to watch you on the call throughout the week. And uh, we will chat to you very soon. 
Thanks, Carlos. You have a great day, buddy. Thank you. That is the Z-Man. Follow him on the socials at Z-Man Golf. And of course, Mark will be hosting our television show, the, the second and third legs of our Wednesday triple header, TSN 4 and 5 at 1 p.m., TSN 2 at 5 p.m. On the other side, we'll wrap up today's show, take a look at leaderboards from around the world of golf and where tours are playing, and as well, an update on 20 weeks of TaylorMade. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management, was brought to you by Cadillac. Cadillac, experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last, serving as the foundation for the Tour 360 fit, while the Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. Visit adidas.ca slash golf. Wrapping up our Wednesday edition of GTC. Busy week in the world of golf, as always. LPGA Tour Lotte Championship gets underway tonight as it's in Hawaii. Brooke Henderson won it twice before, looking to win it for a third time. Chevron Championship, a major championship next week for Brooke as the LPGA season really starts to heat up. On the PGA Tour, RBC Heritage, another designated event as of right now. The last two Masters champions are the co-favorites at plus 850 on FanDuel. John Rahm, who won last week, of course, and Scotty Scheffler, who won last year. Well, that's it for us here on GTC this morning. Catch us in just over an hour on TSN 4 and 5 as we take a look back at the Masters and preview the RBC Heritage as well. Don't forget, 20 weeks of TaylorMade, GolfTalkCanada.com. This week in our fantasy pool, you pick six players, the winner... All you get is a Stealth 2 Plus driver from TaylorMade. It's free. Log in. Sign up. Your chance to win. Coming up next on TSN 1050, a pair of big victories for the Maple Leafs in games that really didn't mean anything, but the team is playing a lot of great hockey right now with the playoffs just around the corner. Al's brother, Dave Festa, coming up with Leafs Lunch. Thanks for joining us today on Golf Talk Canada. And remember, the first good decision for the golf course always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last, serving as the foundation for the Tour 360 fit, while the Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.